Hi, my name is Diego Crespo. You might know me from such things as this podcast, Cantina Hangouts, here on the Waffle Press, YouTube channel, SoundCloud, Patreon, iTunes, Spotify, all those things. I couldn't make it for this episode today, so I just wanted to stop by and say hello. Thanks for listening. Uh, My co-host Gene and our guest Sean Fallon did a wonderful job discussing this episode of The Mandalorian. Uh, I just wanted to give my quick thoughts anyways because... I am editing this episode, and sorry, Gene, I just wanted to give my two cents. Uh, it sucked. Okay, they do a better job explaining it than I do. Bye. Enjoy the episode. Be good people. Hey, you guys, this is Gene Aversa. I'm here with another episode of our Cantina Hangout series. We're now on episode five of The Mandalorian, The Gunslinger, or I believe it's chapter five, excuse me. And I have a terrific guest with me today, um, an old friend of the show. Um, we've had him on many episodes before that are quite good and funny. Um, want to introduce a good friend, Sean Fallon, from the Blue Bantham Co. YouTube channel. How are you doing today, Sean? I'm good, Gene. It's 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 good to be back on. It's it's been a while. I think the last time, uh, the last time I was on this was um, it was a it was a Marvel one, and it was in like the lead up to something like uh, America Civil War or something. Oh, that's right. I I think yeah, you were on one of the Marvel retrospectives. Yeah. I don't remember. Uh, excuse me. I don't remember uh, what Marvel uh, movie it was. Same. I remember I talked about Winter Soldier a lot, but I can't remember okay. what the... Maybe it was Civil War, but that's a long time ago now, isn't it? It's yeah. quite a few years. It yeah. feels, uh, yeah, with Endgame. Yeah. Yeah, it felt like, three, uh, felt like more than three years ago. Yeah. But Endgame, like, before we were recording, obviously me and you were talking about how long this year's been. Mm-hmm. Endgame was this year, yeah? Yes, it was, yeah. God. It, uh, Highest grossing movie of the year. That's uh, that's something. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see what happens when uh, the Rise of Skywalker comes out. They oh, can right. you knock it off its perch. I thought I thought you were gonna say Avatar too. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> that would be oh my god, that would be hilarious if Avatar two came out and was then like the biggest film again. Just incredible. James Cameron comes down. I'll show you Russo's <laughs> who yeah. has the money. I'm gonna that's save true. the world. If you don't see my, excuse me, I'm going to save the world if you don't see this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> but uh, Sean, it's been really interesting um, seeing um, your your videos on the Blue Bantha Milk Co. channel with um, with Matt as well, your co-host. Yeah. And, yeah, you guys started, I'm going to say, a bit more than a year ago? Uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, about a year ago, uh, yeah. I'm trying to think exactly when it was because it was Matt had started the channel, and then um, and then me and me and him met uh, me and him met via Facebook, like a, a Star Wars fan group on Facebook, and um, and yeah, we just hit it off. And I guess I was I did a guest spot on the channel, and mm-hmm. we just kind of like when we were looking back at the video, it's like yeah, this is really good. We got a nice nice chemistry, and it, we seem to be on the same page with a lot of things. So he asked mm-hmm. me if I wanted to co-host and. It, it's been fantastic. Um, he's a fantastic. Uh, he's great at uh, all the technical stuff, 
and he's he he sort of keeps me in line with some of my ridiculous ideas. <laughs> um, okay. So yeah, it's 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 going really well. It's a it's a cool little project, and we're getting yeah we we just we just passed eight hundred subscribers on YouTube, so we're getting nice. we're getting there. It's good. Oh, congrats! It's exciting. Yeah, no, it's always good to get along with your co-host because yeah, me and Diego, uh, we don't always agree on everything, but we do get along. You know, yeah, uh, compliments me on something. So yeah. Well, that's, that's important. I think you do have to have that bit of. Um, it can't just be two people just agreeing with each other. You have to have a bit of, a bit of something. But um, but you know, it's it's been a lot of fun. I didn't. I know if you know, I never expected to be someone who was kind of a a YouTube a YouTuber, mm-hmm. YouTuber. But here we are. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Um, any videos that you uh, would recommend to our listeners? But... Oh, definitely. Uh, well, we've just um, since. Ooh, when this would have been March or April, we've been doing a, th- a thing called The Road to Nine. So it's um, every movie with some Clone Wars and some Rebels flown, thrown in there and Battlefront 2 and a bunch of other stuff and Mandalorian. Um, and yes. we've just fit yesterday, we did a live stream of Force Awakens and then we're recording The Last Jedi this week and then we're done. So it's it's. Some some ridiculous things like eighteen videos, but um, each week we had a different guest, and yeah, it's been a lot of fun talking about like kind of what we enjoyed about the old movies, what we're hoping to see get carried over to the new ones. It's interesting, like um, I think a lot of people would love to see Jar Jar Binks in uh, Rise <laughs> of Skywalker, which I was okay. not not expecting. That's come up quite a bit, so um, yeah, it's uh, it's cool. Yeah, I see like one shot of him; just uh, he's alive and well, and not yeah. a circus performer or street performer like in yeah, that one that's, yeah so it'd be cool just a, a background shot i don't need him yeah. to be the main character but no, yeah, just, like, just to show he's still around yeah because i felt that you know not to uh criticize anyone but i felt that 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 uh that fate that they had was it like in that chuck quindeg book yeah that was a little too much it's like you know that guy who sold us all out he's now homeless a clown and yeah. uh performing for uh, the basic amount of credits and i'm like geez that's depressing <laughs> yeah that's a real kind of um yeah it, i think it's it's been very interesting like i think when the the disney deal first happened and they were doing all this new stuff there was very much this sort of um atmosphere of oh we've got to make sure that people know that you know they don't like the prequels and we don't either so there was quite a bit of cruel stuff in there that... yeah it's like i mean yeah. i'm not the biggest jar jar fan but i'm like geez leave like a poor guy alone yeah you know what i mean it's it's it was unnecessary and um but mm-hmm. i found that that's sort of turned around now and now the prequels are being reappreciated and i think a lot of people are on the thing of like yeah they're not perfect but there's some mm-hmm. good stuff in there so it's all yeah. star wars Oh yeah, I mean, I'll go. Ba- I'll go to bat for episode three anytime. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I love it. Um, but yeah, for your channel, you know, I love the uh, Rogue One and the Exorcist. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was, was that, that was, was a lot of fun. That was cool, and I would recommend the one I'm on as well, talking about uh, Yoda. Yes. God, that feels like a long time ago, but yeah, you did your favorite scene in uh, Empire Strikes Back with Yoda rising, raising the X-wing, which was excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so definitely, if you're listening to this and you like Gene and Diego, you're gonna like what we do because Definitely. they're cool guys. We're cool guys. What's not to like? <laughs> yeah. Well, so speaking of uh, if we liked or disliked, um, let's go right into it. Chapter uh, Chapter Five: The Gunslinger. 
this seemed to be kind of a polarizing episode for people. Yeah. Yes. Um, it came out two days ago now. Um, it was directed by and written by Dave Filoni of yeah. Star Wars Rebels and Clone Wars fame and Avatar. Um, and let's let's just just go into it. It, it starts with uh, mid scene. Like many Lucasfilm movies, like the prologues of Raiders or what have mm. you. Um, and he's pursuing a bounty hunter called Riot Mar, apparently. Okay. Because it's like, okay, that's a good Star Wars sounding name, right? Yeah. Like you name your son Riot. Yeah. You're just kind of like, he'll be fine. He won't turn out to be a bounty hunter. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, and it, you know, it, this episode just things just were not working or just not landing for me uh personally and um you know because for an episode where they go to tatooine the mos eisley cantina you would think it would be more like it would you know have more than just like these nostalgia riffs almost right oh no you're spot on that's that's perfect like this like the setting was gorgeous and mm-hmm. we're back to like the new. Uh, we're back in a new hope, but it just wasn't interesting. Yeah, like it wasn't like and, and that nostalgia thing. Like there were so many references. Like I was just watching it. I was like, okay, Tatooine, Mos Eisley, Mos Eisley Cantina, pit droids. Someone said Womp Rat. Someone said Beggars Canyon. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, someone said Moss uh, Esper. Just like uh, someone mentioned the huts, and I was like, at some point, are we going to get like someone saying like oh, out there in the desert, that's where the, the Larses used to live with their adopted <laughs> nephew, Luke, but they're dead. And it, it, it got to a point where I was like, I don't, I don't need this. I don't, I don't need any of this. It's, it's not yeah. helping the story move. <laughs> yeah, it felt like, like a checklist. Like Dave yeah. wrote down a few things that uh, he wanted to come back to. And they're like, yeah, yeah, check, check yes. that. Yeah, that was sort of the issue that I had with um, Solo, like the movie. Like, mm. I enjoyed the movie, but there was definitely a point where I was like, I don't need this many origins. I don't. Yeah, I don't like this. Like his last name, Solo. Yeah. I, I don't have a family name. It's like, well, you're by yourself. Solo. Like, if he had, like, if uh, Kira was with him, would they just call him, like, oh, you're with, uh, with a lady there. You're double. Yeah, your duo. <laughs> Duo, yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, because it was just, it felt like, um, I don't know if you're, uh, how much anime you watch, but it felt like anime filler. Well, that's that's been the interesting thing, because when people complained that Chapter 2 was filler mm-hmm. with the Jowers, I was like, well, you can't know, you can't say something's filler when we're this early on, because you don't know what the plot is. Mm-hmm. But with this episode, I was, um, and I was talking to Matt, my co-host, um, last night, and we were both saying, like, there's this episode is so standalone that you feel as though if you skipped it, I'm not sure where we're going to lose anything from it because even the cliffhanger, or oh, not to skip, oh, I'll come back to that. Okay. But like, there's no, there's no villain in the show. There's no like overarching villain. There's no mm-hmm. sense of propulsion or where they're going. It's just like, oh, we've got to protect the child. So we'll go to this mm-hmm. planet. Oh, that didn't work out. Okay. We'll go to this planet. And that didn't work out, and that's that's not the basis for for a narrative, really. It doesn't. No. Yeah, it doesn't feel like it has that propulsion. So yeah, like you say, 
it feels like a Dragon Ball Z episode where it's just like Goku and Freezer just powering up for mm-hmm. half an hour. Well, I was going to say, uh, there's an episode of Dragon Ball Z where Goku and Piccolo learn how to drive. And it felt like that, where there's just like, there's no reason for them to be learning how to drive. Yeah. Just Goku's uh, wife, Chi Chi, tells him he has, to, uh, he has to get his driver's license. He's uh, 30 years old and he could fly, but he has to drive okay. a car, Incredible. even though he doesn't need to. Yeah, but I guess um, well to sort of get back into sort of the recap, like obviously he arrives in Tatooine, the ship's been busted up by the bounty hunter, and he meets Princess Carolyn or Amy Sedaris, mm-hmm. and then great and then cameo, great cameo. Like as soon as I heard her voice, I was like, oh, brilliant, Amy Sedaris, love her. Mm-hmm. Um. And then obviously he goes to massage the cantina. And I did I, one thing I did like when he went to the cantina was that it was full of droids. Yeah, like that's that was, that's yeah, that's uh, what a uh, galaxy's edge should be. <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> full no of droids. Dro- yeah, darn Bob Chapaklik, I think his name. Yeah, is. yeah, that manages the parks. It's like you got to cut down on those droids. <laughs> one thing that uh, makes you feel at Star Wars, but. I did just. Um, it was interesting to see. I think it's called the Masaizai Cantina, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was interesting because it's. It reminded me of the. Uh, a lot of these callbacks reminded me of the Pan Oswalt bit he has about episode one. Mm. And uh, it's a great bit. Um, it, it kind of. Uh, it's a little too mean at times, but the, the point of the joke is uh, sometimes in episode one where it just felt they were hat like. Um, He's like, oh, you love Vader, don't you? That's how the joke goes. Well, here's him as a kid. Or you like Boba Fett. Well, here's him as a kid. It felt a little like that, where it's like, oh, you uh, love that cantina scene. Well, here's the uh, cantina, but it's on the off hours, and there's no music. The Snice Noodles band are gone. Max Rebo's not playing there, and uh, no one's in the bar. Here you go. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, okay, here you go. Here's the the bare minimum people. A couple of aliens... Mm-hmm. I saw a guy sat like Han Solo who isn't really Han Solo, and um, and yeah, I mean it was it was it was pointless. He couldn't, it didn't need to be, it didn't need to be. I mean, the whole thing, it didn't need to be Tatooine, like no, as well. Yeah. Like it, it, it could have been anything. It could have been anywhere. Could've, yeah, it could have been like Jakku. You know? Well, yeah, I mean that would have been. See, that's the thing that would have been really interesting because if it had been like, oh, well, I'm Jakku, and they're, they're at like a settlement that we hadn't seen before. Yeah, be like oh, this is cool. A little bit, yeah. And- yeah, and I, I kind of actually, when I saw the Imperial helmets on the pikes, mm-hmm. that which, you know, that's a great, I will say mm. for this episode, that was a great um, shot. Yeah. Cool imagery. I thought, oh, this is Jakku. Because, you know, Jakku and Tatooine are pretty similar, but yeah. a little bit. Um, you know, if it showed Jakku, we could have, for some fans that weren't familiar with, you know, what happened on Jakku, that it was where they signed the uh, treaty. Uh, yeah. You know, you maybe could have dwelled into that or got some of the background because, yeah, sometimes I love Force Awakens, but the world building or in Force Awakens is a little vague at times. Yeah, it gives you the bare minimum to get by. Like, mm-hmm. like it is basically the first order rose from the ashes of the Empire. And you're like, yeah, I can, I can get what that means, but okay. And then you have to read all the books. I mean, but apparently, yes, <laughs> the Mandalorian is going to dip into the origins of the first order at some point like we're not there it's, yet but eventually yeah in the next three episodes or maybe next season but that would be great like if that's going to be the course of the next three episodes good because we need mm-hmm. something 
Right. At the moment, mm-hmm. it's um. Well, do you ever watch Doctor Who? Uh, I've watched a few episodes. So, yeah. of the new show, there's like eleven seasons, and the mm-hmm. first ten seasons will do the same thing, where basically every episode is like a standalone adventure. But mm-hmm. there's like a there's a threat running through it. So there'll be like a, a word or an image that keeps reoccurring. And then in the like two part finale, you you find out what all that means. So even though the episodes jump around and they're kind of little, they all have a beginning, middle and end. There's a sense that it's moving somewhere. But season 11, the new one, removed that. So it was mm-hmm. just 12 or 13 standalone adventures. And it took me a really long time to watch the show because there was never that feeling of like, oh, I need to know what happens next. I'd just be like, okay, well, I'm in the mood for a Doctor Who adventure now. You know, and I'd watch oh, it on a plane. <laughs> but when the episode finished, I'd be like, okay, well, that was great. But I, I, don't, I don't have that drive to be like, oh, I need to know what happens next. I was just sort of mm-hmm. like, cool, well, next time I'm in the mood, I'll dip into that. Yeah, it's just not as engaging as it used to be. Yeah. Like, if this episode, if the gunslinger had stolen the kid at the end, and that would have been, like, the the cliffhanger, you're like, brilliant, okay, mm-hmm. what's going to happen next? But instead, it was like, oh, no, it's it's finished, and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> the adventure's yeah. over. Yeah, it feels like, like, too episodic, like, it feels like a 60s Western, but not, like, mm. a good 60s Western. It's, like, like Bounty Law yeah. or something <laughs> where it's just, like, Oh, you know, here's uh, the adventures of old Mando each week. Let's see what yeah. uh, see what shenanigans he gets into. And yeah, it's like Kung Fu of just like, you know, someone going from town to town, having a little adventure and at the end being like, I can't stay. I need to keep moving. And um, yeah, I don't think I don't think you can sustain that. No, I don't think so. I mean, like, I, I don't know if anyone's still hunting him, those Imperials or the mm. other bounty hunters grass is i guess he is but yeah it's just it's yeah the drive of this show needs there needs to be something that you know some overarching villain like uh you know i mean like the incredible hulk you know the original tv show yeah people are looking for dr david bruce banner right yeah i mean that's the thing isn't it he's got and he's got that journalist who's always after him and all that yeah um, exactly what's his name um like something like the show I sort of think of, because I'm not a big fan of those sort of like procedural adventure of the week shows. Mm-hmm. But I think back to like um, Hannibal, like the first season of Hannibal, that is each week is like a different crime. But you've got that sense of like there's a bigger story going on. And mm-hmm. we're just seeing these like little adventures in this bigger story. Whereas this episode of Mandalorian and last week's as well. I'm like, yeah, okay, so the bounty hunters are after you, but these are nameless, faceless bounty hunters that Mm -hmm. are dispatched in one episode. I need, like, I know Giancarlo Esposito is going to be in it as, like, Grand Moff Gideon or something. Yeah. So maybe introduce him earlier, because the Mm -hmm. Imperials have dropped off as a threat. Like, where's Herzog? Mm -hmm. Yeah, he just disappeared. I don't know if they couldn't get him back for filming or... Yeah, I mean, maybe his schedule didn't work out, but he's just not there. He just shows up sporadically in the show, apparently. But like, as well, in terms of Star Wars, there is that thing as well of like, we never just focus on what the heroes are doing. 
you know, after a few scenes, we'll cut to the Death Star and we'll see mm -hmm. Vader talking to Tarkin and all that. Mm -hmm. And he's Whereas this, we're someone. not getting that idea of what's happening in the in the rest of the galaxy. It's just like this is very narrowly focused, and that's not really Star Wars. Star Wars has never been that narrow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's yeah, it's just yeah, it's too. I mean, because excuse me, the Mandalorian. I I've been enjoying him. I've been enjoying Pedro Pascal's performance, yeah. but I I can't just watch. The Mandalorian, and a baby. Every single, mm -hmm, every single shot, and I love Baby Yoda, but it's like I would like to see the flesh out the rest of uh, whatever cast this is. You know, well, um, Matt made a good point actually. He said like the, there needs to be a crew. There needs mm -hmm. to be like it needs to be like Fire, not necessarily like Firefly, but that idea of like a group of people interacting because you've got a baby who can't talk and. You know, a character who, <laughs> who Pascal's done very well with his body language, but he can't, if he's in the spaceship by himself, he's talking to himself. Mm -hmm. um, so you need characters around him to interact and to do some of the grunt work of the characterization. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because, I mean, I don't mind that he's a silent protagonist, but I mean, even like uh, the man with no name, he had like Tuco to play yeah. off of or... Uh the you know some of the characters um in a fistful of dollars you know he's yeah. always meeting people and they're uh they're having this interaction and mandalorian it's just him silent and well, I, mean, I, I thought that um uh uh gina gina carano yeah is that right. yeah i thought okay she's gonna join him okay that would be great that would be a really cool dynamic or mm. like and like each episode, he would take more people with him or something. Mm -hmm. Like a Mass Effect thing? Yeah, just like gathering a crew of people. But you're like, no, that's not happening at all. And like <laughs> yeah. this episode was particularly egregious in that thing of like introducing like an interesting character and then just killing them off. Mm -hmm. You don't bring um, uh, Ming-Na Wen in and then kill her off instantaneously. Yeah, that, okay, we'll go, okay, so let's... We'll talk okay, a little sorry, bit. We're doing a recap, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we'll go a little bit more into the pod because that goes into it. Um, the uh, Toro, the uh, Toro, the other bounty hunter. He's mm. just uh, he's like a like a new freelancer in the gig economy. He wants yeah. to uh, work his way up, right? Yeah. And uh, he asks the Mandalorian for help. So like you know the the job where it's like you take it for a bad pay. You get com you get credit, a meal. That's what basically this is. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and they have to find uh, um, this other uh, bounty hunter who's, um, I guess she was associated with the Empire. Um, uh, Sond, she was yes. called? Fennec? 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 Like, she worked for the Huts and she was a mercenary and all that. Yeah, Fennec. Yeah, she, I mean, I guess she was associated with Black Sun and... Uh, they're hmm. trying to go after her, and it's just boring, right? The way they're trying to, so like it feels so procedural. They're on, they bring back the swoop bikes, and they're just driving. Yeah. Another reference: swoop bikes, and then they meet Tuscan Raiders, and then there's Banthers, and then there's Dubaks, and you're like, what? What? Why do I care? <laughs> you know? Yeah, because, um, because the the scene with the the sand the um the sound people, the Tuscan Raiders, the correct uh the correct uh, name for them mm. is like they're just you know they do the little gag where they're tr I guess it's homaging A New Hope where uh, Luke's looking at the 
yeah. the Raiders, and then it's uh, it's like the opposite of that. And then I guess that was kind of funny, but then it's like, oh, here's this callback, and then here's the Tuscan Raiders just chilling next to them, yeah, and they're not going to. Yeah, they're just standing there. It felt like a, I don't know, it felt like an SNL skit or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it was so weirdly shot with the camera just like pans to the side and mm-hmm. they're just there. <clears throat> um, and again, just like irrelevant. Like, right. It didn't, there, there wasn't a thing where like afterwards they were like, oh, actually, we could have done with keeping the binoculars. It's like, no, it's just because it's set on Tatooine and that's something we remember from Tatooine. So mm-hmm. here it is. Let's yeah. move on to the next thing. If it had like a laugh track with a company <laughs> in that scene, maybe it would have been better. Yeah, that would have made it work. Yeah, but it, it kind of goes back, and I don't, you know, I don't want to uh, criticize Dave Filoni, you know, because he's just starting doing live action, and people like Brad Bird and um, can transition to animation. But his transition from animation to live action has uh, been pretty rough because I feel like he's just lacking like this cinematic language almost in directing live action like you know that that shot that we just said where just camera just pans to the mandalorian or no excuse me from the mandalorian to uh the tuscan raiders it's just so boring as a gag you know yeah no just just incredibly and just kind of like weirdly clunky but yeah like you say it did feel as though it could have been like a digital short for snl Mm -hmm. um and yeah, I mean, I think it's a shame though, because like Filoni wrote this and he's a mm-hmm. good writer. Like Clone Wars and Rebels and Resistance are fantastic. But like this just, there was nothing about it that made it zing at all. There was nothing like we're doing, obviously we're doing the recap now, but you could recap this whole episode in like four sentences mm-hmm. and then lose nothing. Yeah. Because it's, it's all just, there. Yeah, it's just, things happening they do they go to this point they go to that point um a betrayal happens there's no real uh there's no real hint at the betrayal just okay he's a he's a bounty hunter you know and i guess let's let's go into um uh fennec's appearance when they that when they finally capture it's this uh this fight and it's at night and it's hardly you can't really see anything Mm. I know my tel- my TV, I don't know if it was... I feel like it was set properly and they could hardly make out any of the fight scene a bit. And just the way they, they just find her, it's just, oh, of course, okay, it's a trap, you know? Of course yeah. it's a trap. And it, it's just, just... It didn't have any, like, uh, any dramatic tension to it. It's just, they just capture her. Yeah, everything happened with sort of like a sense of like inevitability. It was like, mm-hmm. oh, this is clearly a trap. It's a trap. Okay, mm-hmm. we'll wait it out and then we'll go get her. So they did that, and it's like obviously if he leaves her together with like the new bounty hunter, either she's going to kill him or he's going to betray the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, he's got the baby. Mandalorian's going to outthink him. Episode ends. That's yeah. It. And uh, he goes on his travels. And he, that's it. And then he's off again to, yeah. And I, I do worry, like, you know, it's the first season of this show. Mm-hmm. And the first Disney Plus show, too. Yeah. We, it, we shouldn't be... Because we've had some really high highs as well. Like, I thought the last episode with the Sanctuary, with um, 
uh, Bryce Dallas Howard oh, directing was insanely good. That was like, that great. was brilliant. Mm-hmm. That was a beautiful and that, episode. And, yeah, and that showed how you can do like a standalone thing that works. And that did feel as though even though there was no overarching villain or no real sense of like propulsion, you had that thing of him getting close to finding peace but not getting it. And like I, I was like, okay, okay, that's cool. But then Yeah, it's almost yeah. like a Wolverine sort of arc, right? Yeah. It's it's a real sort of gunslinger, Ronin samurai thing of being like, I can finally put down my weapons and rest. Mm-hmm. Oh no, I actually can't. Yeah. And, and then he gets a taste of what he could have, but then he's gotta leave it. And you're like, that's cool. That's that's good character stuff and also loads of good action, loads of good characters. Whereas this was the complete opposite. Yeah, it's it's almost like he has like no consistent character arc, would you say? I don't want to be harsh, but well, no, I mean, yeah, it's it's the problem is the problem I'm sort of finding is like, it's like there's no I keep coming back to this, but the idea that there's no villain like mm-hmm. Star Wars is pretty much defined by its villains, mm-hmm. you know, so the idea is like, well, who is who is the Mandalorian's nemesis? Who is the who is the group of people who are trying to wipe the Mandalorians out? And that's why they're in hiding. Where where's the Empire? Yeah, where's the revenge. Uh, you know, where's Carl Weathers at this point? Um, where is any of this stuff? Where, where I need a, I need a bigger threat. And then exactly. I wouldn't mind if it's only little threats. Yeah, I mean, I mean, what's the like? What, what is the uh, the biggest threat that you had to face? Just this uh, inexperienced bounty hunter that was gonna yeah. always betray him, and he probably kind of knew that he was gonna betray him, but he needed that money, so yeah. he's like, might as well. And... and then he took him out very easily. Like yeah. it when when the like the young bounty hunter had Baby Yoda, I was like, right, he's gonna get on the Razor Crest and he's gonna steal the Mandalorian ship, and that's how the episode's gonna end. And I was like, if that happens, that will redeem the episode for me mm-hmm. because that will be a cool ending, and then we'll get a sense of something. Nope. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know. I mean. It was cool to see, like, the Mandalorian's been, like, this hero, well, at least, like, the first two, two or three, where he gets beat up a lot. Like, it reminds me of, like, Indiana Jones and Raiders. Mm-hmm. I, was on, I was on another podcast, um, the Imperial Senate podcast, and we were talking about um, episode three or two. Okay. But, yeah, that was my, yeah. I like the idea that he was, like, the marketing all sort of implied he was going to be this, like, super cool, unkillable badass but the show has had him get the sh- get his ass kicked, you know, mm-hmm. like by Jawas. Been... Yeah, like everyone. <laughs> it's good, and and like you say, it's very Indiana Jonesy, where it's like, right, he gets knocked down, but he gets back up. Mm-hmm. And that's you and know, that's, that's cool. interesting. Yeah, yeah. And then this episode just like kind of goes the opposite, where it's like, oh yeah, he just shoots him, and it's not a problem. Oh yeah, yeah. there was never a sense of threat. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh my god, this this assassin's like the most. This the, oh my god she used to work for the huts and the empire and she's like super dangerous nope yeah because what you know um going into the last act his uh toro betrays him captures a child amy sedaris is babysitting because he didn't think of taking the child with him he just left him on the ship which is bad parenting terrible parenting yeah i mean it's just yeah it's a lot of nonsense that happened <laughs> But the fact that we net like Fen- Fennec just came and went, and it's uh, played by uh, such a interesting actress that you know yeah. 
and I I kind of like that if it wasn't um, if it wasn't this actress, you know, maybe someone like the subversion of uh, expectations. Mm. The fact that you had, um, you know, a, a character, uh, an actress that was on Agents of Shield that was the voice of Mulan, and yeah. then you just do nothing with her. It's just, I don't know, it just does not sit right with me. No, it's it's it. it you're right because that uh, Ming Na Wen is such a cool character, uh, such a cool character actress, and then like. And it, it's such a waste because you're like, okay, have her escape. Because if it's a thing of like, oh well, she's like double booked with Agents of Shield or whatever. That show is finishing this year or next yes. year, so have her keep her around just in case that she can become a regular next year or something. Mm-hmm. But to have her just like have a bit of a fight, get easily bested, and then just get like shot in the stomach and left for dead. You're like, well, why cast her? Why use her? Right. You could cast anyone and yeah it wouldn't have mattered yeah and like if the subversion is supposed to be like oh well you assume she's going to be this cool badass but actually she isn't that's not good <laughs> that's not a no. that's not a good subversion no yeah it's just yeah i mean it kind of i don't know it goes back to uh just lacking just um dramatic tension uh just basic yeah. cinematic language almost um so let's let's talk about the end because we're just wrapping up here so they go back to uh, they go back to uh, their uh, repair garage that's mm-hmm. where he had it and Mandalorian easily bests um, Toro with yeah. a flash grenade kills him he uh, gives Amy Sedaris the money for the repairs um, he doesn't hire for a babysitter no no and then he just leaves tattooing and the, that was all, you know, that, you know, was part of the course with this episode. But the thing that just really bugged me was, I don't know if it bugged you, the last shot out in the desert. Yeah. Like, it, it felt like, um, oh, man, I'm trying to think of uh, a specific Simpsons gag. Do you remember the dog <laughs> with the shifty eyes? Yes. <laughs> yeah. It was like that, where it's just like, it's just dramatic to be dramatic. There's no point to have the dog with the shifty eyes. This yeah. mysterious figure, like, you know, that you saw that he had, uh, what it, what it, he had those cowboy boots and, uh, that. And I'm like, is he, is he, uh, was it Cad Bane? Yeah, like, mm-hmm. well, what is it? What, what, are we, again, because I was like, oh, is obviously we're going to see who this character is. You're like, no, it's just a pair of legs. And, <laughs> In a show that has so few characters, who is it? It's not, you know, unless, like you say, it's Cad Bane or one of them, like some kind of you know bigger character from the from the um, the wider canon or whatever. Well, I, I had nothing to go on, so I was like, well, that's not really a cliffhanger. That's just that could just be some random person finding a dead yeah. body. <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. Like, oh, no, this is. I better call it. Tatooine cops or whatever. <laughs> yeah, like, the, mm-hmm. I don't. Who cares? Yeah, exactly. Like, what? What did that? What did that mean? Like, what was the point of any of that? It's just like, like if it was Cad Bane, I'm like, oh, that'd be cool. Like, at least we would have that. But you don't. Like, you don't see the cowboy hat. I mean, like, we're yeah. He was wearing boots, right? Yeah, I mean, I think that's the thing. Like, when you said they're like, oh, he's wearing sort of like cowboy boots. 
I didn't even think about that. I was because I was like, oh, this is going to be Carl Weathers. Mm-hmm. It's going to show that the bounty hunters are still following him. So I didn't even, I, to be honest, I didn't even pay that much attention because I was waiting for the reveal of the actual person. And then that didn't come. And I was like, oh, I need to go back and rewatch that because I didn't even mm-hmm. take any of the detail. But I, I'd, I'd lost interest. I, did, I wasn't like, oh, I've got to watch this frame by frame to see who it was. I was like, cool, right, that episode's done. I'll go do something else. Yeah, yeah, I was the same. I'm like, I was like, oh, that should have excited me. But I'm like, oh, I'm, it's like 12.50. I want to go to bed right now and go to work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the thing. It's like, right, I'll shut this down. And I'm really hungover for my Christmas parties. I'm going to curl up on the couch <laughs> and go to sleep. And... Yeah, and I don't know if you've been watching like Watchmen. Yeah. Um, okay, cool, cool. That's uh, Sorry, we're talking about another show on the Mandalorian podcast. But spoilers for Watchmen. Um, are you cut up? Yes, and I mean, obviously, the cliffhanger in the last episode, I was like, what? Yeah. You know, just completely blown away. Like, I was, like, texting people, like, have you watched Watchmen? Have you watched Watchmen? You know, just, like, ready to talk about it with every single human being I knew. Like, um, yeah, that show's, that show's been amazing. <laughs> we, we, it's like, this slowly is going to become a Watchmen podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> just recommend Watchmen, which is uh, phenomenal. <laughs> Yeah, like that, and that's done really well to have this sense of like mystery and propulsion, and you're constantly not, you know, it's telling little stories, but you've got this sense of like, well, what's going to come next, which the Mandalorian doesn't have. Mandalorian can't be just banking on the fact that it's a Star Wars show, so we, Mm -hmm. so we'll watch it out of obligation, because that's not going to work. Yeah, I was going to say it's. uh, I mean, it it has that. It has uh, just. uh, I guess like it has two. was it um, just not getting a little uh, off topic, but uh, I mean, you know, Mandalorian, I guess, doesn't ruffle the crazy fans' feathers as much. Okay. So it's lacking the crazy discourse that we have from crazy people, which is, yeah. Yeah. but yeah, just as a show, I don't, I don't like see the, the point at times. I'm like, oh, it's, it's fine. It's interesting. But, you know, the, the fact that they have this huge, I guess, maybe what they thought was a huge reveal and. We got nothing from it. I was like, what? Yeah. It's like um, uh, when we mentioned this before, I remember watching or trying to watch the first season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm, And that show didn't sort of tip over until like episode 18 when Winter Soldier happened. Mm -hmm. So I remember like watching that show and week in, week out, just being like, nope, I don't get what I'm watching and I don't care. Like it didn't, it, and it, it, when then finally that Winter Soldier thing happened, and I was like, oh no, this is really good now because I know that the propulsion was there. There was a sense of like, oh, this is going somewhere now. But, yeah, it, be- it became yeah. another show. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. And Mandalorian doesn't necessarily have that because, okay, yeah, okay. So the plot line is that he's got to protect the baby, but he hasn't been faced with a threat that's been threatening. All mm-hmm. the bounty hunters are just faceless nobodies who just get easily dispatched so mm-hmm. who cares it sounds yeah. like he could just go the rest of his life just raising baby yoda and have <laughs> minor inconveniences yeah right and i mean he, i will say i do like carl weathers as gref karga it's yeah. gref karga when i've seen him but it's just too far in but too far and few between because i wouldn't mind a scene where carl weathers is uh, just making some stew you know? <laughs> get a stew going. Get a stew going. Arrest development. And uh yeah, I mean just just maybe focus on other characters. Yeah. 
Oh, you could put you could put a ninety second scene where Herzog um, summons Carl Weathers to his office and says, "Okay, the Mandalorians stabbed us in the back. I want you to. Uh, I'll pay you X amount of Beskar mm-hmm. or Imperial credits or whatever. Go and get, get every bounty hunter and go and get him. And that's it. We just need that. Just that sense of like, oh, okay, cool. So now there's a massive bounty on the Mandalorian's head. The Imperials are after him. The bounty hunters are after him. Great." That's it. Yeah. That's all I'd need. Yeah, exactly. It's just, yeah, there's just, just they need a little finessing in terms of uh, narrative. Yeah. Because this could be a really great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it could be a really amazing show. And we're just kind of, okay. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. Everything's there. The actors are there. The, the, the look is perfect. Like the Moss Eisley stuff was gorgeous. Like it felt as though we were back in a new hope, which was, which was cool. And like you say, that image of like the stormtrooper helmets on the stakes, mm-hmm. whether the heads were still in the helmets, I don't know. But like, that was, that was the, such a, yeah. That was the cool shot, image. the trailer. Yeah. Like that was the one that made you go, ooh, this is going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, and the special effects are fine, uh, really good and all that, but it's meaningless if, if mm-hmm. there's no reason to watch the show. Yeah. Um. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is gonna be a downer of an episode. Yeah. Sorry. That that's a terrible final thought, <laughs> isn't it? Just like everything's meaningless. Yeah. Um. Any. Just wrapping up here, Sean. Any any positives that we could we could say just to not end? Uh... I mean, I, like I say, I think this this episode is a blip. I, I the yeah. other four episodes I've really really enjoyed. Um. But. The problem is this episode outlines the weaknesses so much that you start to like apply them backwards, which is yeah. unfortunate. Yeah. But the music is still incredible. Pascal's still incredible. Baby Yoda's amazing. I think it's interesting, like the guest stars that they've had have been really cool. Like I think there's been some really interesting actors they've brought in. So hopefully that continues. But I yeah. need them to like I don't need every character who comes in to be like a one shot character. Um I need that sense of like these. You know, this isn't just going to be a, like a show that's just about this one character. I need a crew. I need a sense of like uh, development and relationships and things like that. So yeah, it feels like the later guest stars in the Simpsons seasons, yeah. where there's just like, oh hey, here's uh, Carmelo, uh, Shaquille O'Neal, Alan <laughs> Iverson, and they're there for the shot, and then they're gone. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> each say one line. That's it. Yeah, positive wise, like like technically, it's brilliant. Um, Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of cool talent behind the camera. I think, um, you know, the the next three episodes are directed by uh, Deborah Chow, Taika Waititi, and uh, Rick Bamioa. Yes. So I mean, it's and you know we've already had Ryan Johnson say that he'd love to come and direct an episode in the second season. So it'd be great if they keep that up and bring back really interesting directors. Yes. I, I, I think really there's a lot hope of cool stuff. Mm-hmm. I really hope Ryan does because he has the best episodes yeah. of Breaking Bad, and also just to make all the crazy Star Wars fans mad. Oh God, yeah, that'd be brilliant. Yeah, I, I, I would love it. Power move. Yeah, real, a real power move. A real, like, yeah, this is what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, I mean, I think, I think the show has the potential to be fantastic. Yeah. I just I'm... need them to think outside of the idea that. Oh, it's Star Wars, and that's enough. Yes, yeah, I would, I would agree with you, sir. Yes. Um, so at least we ended on a positive note. Oh, um, 
And before we end each episode, we ask this question to each guest, and I'm going to ask it to you. What do you think Baby Yoda eats? Because that's why we're, this is, we're perplexed by that. I think most, it sounds like bones. Bones, bones? seem to be his diet. Okay. He drinks the bone broth, and he eats the frog. And okay. at one point, Amy Sadara said, we'll get you some bones, which I think was supposed to be like a reference, like, like she's treating him like a dog. But maybe that's his diet. It's just it's a heavy bone diet. Yeah. You know, frogs have skeletons. If yeah. uh, anyone had the unfortune of uh, dissecting one in high yeah. school or something, which is weird that people do that. Um, but okay. Yeah, I can see bones. Frog's legs. You eat frog's legs frog's on the bone. Legs. You have to eat them like chicken wings. Mm. Okay. That's a good answer. <laughs> yeah. But Sean, uh, thank you for joining us on this recording um it's been a real pleasure to have you back on the show to uh talk with you again you know your insight on star wars has always been really nuanced and appreciated and i just i always like your opinions man like you have some really funny funny jokes <laughs> well thank you for having me man anytime and um mm-hmm. it's a shame we couldn't get uh matt's schedule to yeah. open up but it, definitely he would he'd love to be on again so yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, of course. Yeah, we'd love to have you on. Um, you know, my uh, girlfriend always sends me your uh, your tweets. So, uh, you know, it's always awesome um, to have you. Where can people find you at? Uh, just plug. Yeah. Um, so on Twitter, I am um, first to last pod. Um, the channel is Blue Banther Milk Co. on YouTube. Um, next year, we're going to sort of expand that out and start looking um kind of doing a bit of a fishing with dynamite thing mm-hmm. and go on as many platforms as we can but yeah check it out um the road to nine is ongoing we've got a bunch of other mad things um yeah we, we talk about star wars star wars and pop culture and with a positive spin and uh yeah check us out awesome cool cool please be sure to do that viewers and thank you for listening thank you um for watching uh you could uh follow me on twitter on g9892 um please follow the Waffle Press on Twitter, on at the Waffle Press on Instagram, it's at the Waffle Press Podcast. Um, like, subscribe, share on YouTube, Spotify, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Uh, <laughs> we've been professionally unprofessional. Bye.